feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter, when I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. In a cat, she looked much older. And tonight on and the Rita Cosby Show, there are calls for protests after the president of Harvard has resigned. Some of them are from people who say she should not have resigned whatsoever. And my question tonight on the Rita Cosby show is what took her so long? Remember how bumbly and how fumbly and to me, just reprehensible, I thought some of her testimony was, that we saw in December. And that moment when Congresswoman Elise Stefanik just kind of kept coming at her with those questions about how come she has allowed some of these really disgusting and vile anti-Semitic protests on Harvard University's campus, and if they violated school policy. Remember, she acted like it was a trick question. And Also tonight, in some of the statements that she is putting out, she is saying that there is basically a racial bias against her, that she feels that racism had something to do with the threats against her, that the threats were, quote, fueled by racial animus. Those are her words. So she's crying racism for her being moved out of Harvard And this is a woman who has had dozens of allegations of plagiarism against her. This is a woman who couldn't figure out if genocide was a bad thing to be calling for. And that's what the protesters on our campus were calling for. There were literally Jewish students that were like hiding out and couldn't find a place to find comfort and safety on her campus. And for some reason, she thought it was a trick question If it was protected speech or not calling for genocide, can you imagine if it was like KKK people calling for that? It would have been like, oh, boy, that's absolutely terrible. And it is terrible. And it should be condemned, just as it should have been condemned when they were there on our campus and calling for the genocide of Jews and praising Hamas. I mean, this is unbelievable moment, and it speaks volumes that today there are faculty members from Harvard who are not happy with the fact that she resigned, forced out. By the way, she is also still staying at the school, and there are some reports tonight that she may be making a $900,000 salary which is apparently, according to some reports, what she was making as president, and that she may get to keep that salary just in a, quote, faculty position, because she's not being kicked out of the school. She's got tenure no matter how many times you're accused of plagiarism, and no matter how much you think uh, the genocide of Jews might be a trick question when you're on Capitol Hill. I mean, to me, there was a moment of leadership from this woman, Claudine Gay. And if I were a teacher, I would have given her an F. 
It was downright embarrassing. I remember watching the congressional hearings live. She was sitting there. She was asked by Elise Stefanik, the congresswoman, and she was asked over and over again, isn't it inappropriate to be saying these comments? Doesn't it violate the school's, you know, First Amendment for free speech official sort of laws and rules that are on the books for the school? Every school is like, what's a modicum of decorum? What's appropriate for people to be saying and not saying, whether it's about other students, whether it's about faculty, whatever. What is sort of the ethics and morals and values of a school, especially a school like Harvard, which was seen as one of the beacons in not just America, but the world? So you have a responsibility and you're not just even, you know, a student there, you're not just a faculty member there. You are the president of the university. And I'm sorry, that was not a trick question when she was asked, doesn't this violate codes of conduct? Isn't genocide against Jews a morally horrible thing to be saying? And it was like, well, it depends the, you know, the, you know, the definition what is is. It reminded me of Bill Clinton. Remember the whole Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky? Uh, I'm not really sure of the verb, and maybe there's a present or a past tense. I mean, it was so crazy, absolutely crazy. And then the next day, remember, she put out the statement, but then was defiant as ever and said, I'm still staying. And then all those faculty members came together in her support, and the board members did too. So I have so many questions tonight. First is, what took them so long? And second of all, doesn't she owe every single student there on that campus an apology for her reprehensible behavior that really has taken Harvard down many notches that I don't know if they can ever recover from? Because now when I think of Harvard before, it was like, whoa, I didn't go to Harvard. All of you know I went to University of South Carolina. It was a great school, and I'm thrilled I went there, and I learned a lot. But I always thought, oh, gosh, when I hear people, I went to Harvard. Wow, that's great. That's impressive. That's wow. Now I go, uh, is that where Claudine Gay went, where she thought it was a trick question and couldn't figure out if genocide against Jews is a bad thing or not? I think she has done irreparable damage to the university and also all those faculty that were sitting there resounding around her and supporting her. And now some tonight even saying there should be a protest that she shouldn't be, quote, forced to resign. And again, how much of a resignation is it really when she is not fully leaving the university? Very sounds, you know, just like what happened at UPenn. Because remember when the president of UPenn, who right after that testimony, she, quote, resigned. And then soon after, it turned out she was still there at the school. And I wonder if she's making the same president's salary. And who are the people that are being, you know, in the position to replace them, whether it's an acting or full-time basis? And what about all these professors at the school who seem to think whatever she said uh, was appropriate? And they were furious that she was even coming under heat. And they were pulling out the racism card. Race has nothing to do with it. And in fact, I contend tonight, you sit there and you look at the backstory of what has been going on. You hear that President Barack Obama, the former president of the United States, was apparently putting a lot of pressure on Harvard. Uh, There was word that he played a bit of a role of her getting accelerated and promoted to the position. She's only been in the position six months This is the shortest tenure for a Harvard president in American history, in the history of Harvard. 
And in separate than all of that, you kind of put it together and it looks like he was putting a lot of pressure also, according to reports, to keep her. So you could make the case that race had many reasons why she even was able to stick around. Why wasn't she removed right away, just like the UPenn president? And again, both of them may not be just symbolically removed from the position, maybe not when it comes to the pocketbook. What are your thoughts, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Who could forget this exchange with Elise Stefanik and the president of Harvard last month? Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, Does that speech not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When you that speech- testify that you understand that is the def- definition of intifada. Is that speech according to the code of conduct or not? We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable. You and I both know that's not the case. You are aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the of data our shows it's true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission? That long predates my time as president. But you so understand that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission. I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them. Correct, because it's a fact. Yeah, because it's a fact. And then there was more. Here's the follow-up. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes or no question. And it was a yes or no question. It was a pretty easy question. And yet she had trouble answering it and then was defiant to the end. And again, even in her resignation letter, she said that she had received threats fueled by racial animus and she was basically leaving for the good of the university as opposed to the fact that she should have left so much sooner. Here's a little more of Elise Stefanik grilling her last month. Do you know what the number one hate crime in America is? I know that over the last couple of months, there has been an alarming rise of anti-Semitism, which I understand is the critical topic that we are here to discuss. That's correct. It is anti-Jewish hate crimes. 
and Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. This is why I've called for your resignation, and your testimony today, not being able to answer with moral clarity, speaks volumes. And boy, did it speak volumes. And the fact that Harvard faculty stood by her and resoundingly, and even some of them tonight, saying she's being removed because of her race. That is shameful. And it shows that there is no self-reflection and no real change at Harvard because she's just moving over to a faculty position. Uh, So how is the lesson learned here? And will there ever be any changes? And boy, was this weeks, months in coming. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mimi, line four. Mimi, uh, to me, this is a pathetic attempt by Harvard. Go ahead. Yes. Rita, she's getting her um, salary, 800 and I think $88,000. Yep. For being a faculty. Yep, that's member. what I saw too. Yep. And, and she's going to teach DEI, and she's going to have all those students. They're going to be afraid of their grades, and uh, it, it doesn't represent what we are in America. Yeah, I agree, Mimi, 100%. I agree. And I also think it is, it, it to me, the fact, like you just said, she's keeping her full salary, and there are still people out there tonight, many people who teach at Harvard, who are coming to her defense and saying this is the wrong move. So they don't think she said anything wrong in the hearings. And the more I hear those hearings, the angrier I get. I mean, it is just disgusting. It is disgusting. Let's go to Sandra, line five. Sandra, your reaction to the president. Oh, good evening. First of all, I feel like she's just stirring trouble by calling the race card. But I want to tell you about her replacement. His name is Dr. Albin Gerber. He's a physician and economist. He um, he actually spent 12 years He's been working at that school for 12 years as chief academic officer. He teaches healthcare policy at Harvard Medical School in economics. He went to Stanford also to get his M- medical degree in 1983. So he has a man, I feel, that's not going to go plagiarizing papers. He's very, very smart, just like on what he's done so far. So I like the, te- you know, this is a tentative choice. This is temporary. It's not, but it may remain permanent, I hope. But now here's here's the issue. Uh, And Sandra, I'm glad you went through the litany because I didn't know as much about his background because obviously all this just happened. And you're right. He seems like someone who is an accomplished academic. Uh, But the issue, didn't you just say he's in charge of the um, uh, what was the first title you just read? Can you read that back to me again? I said that he's a distinguished and wide ranging scholar and he spent um, 12 years at the college so far as chief academic officer he teaches healthcare policy okay so hang on hang on the the academic officer it makes me wonder okay so he's been there as you talked about at harvard for some time and i did know that which makes me wonder where was he in this whole thing was he supportive of her this entire time granted it's hard to speak out if if she's his boss but still maybe maybe she thinks maybe he thinks what she did was fine we don't know i'd be curious i don't think 
I think he did say that he's against uh, this, uh, you know, this whole thing with Israel. He he doesn't want any of this hate coming out. He's against that, from what I read. Well, that's great. By so, the way, by the yeah, way, if that yeah. if that is correct, and I'm and I'm going to mm-hmm. definitely do my research on that. If that is correct, then I agree with you. Then that's a really great, at least a beginning nice, here. Nice yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, what do you make of the fact that she's still there? Real quick. Well, I. I, I... She shouldn't be there, but she, look, I don't know what to say about that yet. I mean, as long as she doesn't have this position, maybe she'll end up wanting to leave on her own accord, but I don't think she should be using the race card. That is, that's wrong. She's going to cause more trouble in this whole little world that we live in. And we want, we don't want that anymore. We want to bring people together, not to divide them. And if she's pulling that number by saying that's the reason because she's whatever, then I, I, I don't like her now. Yeah, know? yeah. I didn't like when I saw that either. Sandra, thanks so much. We'll continue your calls after the break, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking here on the Rita Cosby Show about reaction pouring in after the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, who'd only been in that post for about six months, has, quote, resigned. And many people are blasting the fact that they say she should not have left, uh, that it was a forced move by the mob. She's even calling it racism. She's an African-American. She was the first African-American president of Harvard. Uh, But this is ridiculous. If you look at the history of this woman, I say, what took them so long? There were so many allegations of plagiarism, but also the example of her testimony on Capitol Hill. Uh, The fact she never clamped down. She has never even admitted that there was anything wrong. It was that sort of uh, half-hearted sorry message after she got called out after Congress. And then today in her resignation letter, she's pleading it's a racial attacks on her. Let's go to Norm, line three. Uh, Norm, can you believe it's taken so long to get rid of her? Yeah, look, uh, look, I don't like to see people generally gotten rid of. But the thing is, is that nobody got rid of her. She quit. She quit. So, you know, if she if she, you know, where were her convictions? Let her, you know, if she felt so strongly about her convictions, how come she didn't stick it out? But, you know, I'm sure she weighed the pluses and minuses of the situation. And now she's going to be a superstar. She's going to write a book, make a lot of money, be on MSNBC, talking about race, talking about how she got screwed by the uh, by the right. And uh, that's it. She's going to make a lot of money. She's going to be all she's going to be. She's going to have a lecture circuit. You know, Norm, you hit some really important points. You're right. 
Maybe she's going to get a primetime show on MSNBC. You're right, that might be the perfect place for her there, or CNN. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great men in law enforcement and our great women in law enforcement as well. A powerful story coming from Greenwood, Indiana, where the Bargersville Police Department in that area is praising two of its officers for taking very quick action to save a woman trapped inside a burning car. A woman drove off an access road just east of the interstate. She crashed into a fence and could not escape her car, which had then caught on fire and was not able to leave until officers Cody St. John and Joshua Wheat came to her rescue. Officer Wheat says, upon arrival, we saw the car had actually gone about 100 feet off of the roadway. We saw that the victim was in the car, and we just did our job from there on out. A police report describes the site as having a severe curb section of the roadway that isn't properly marked. And a witness who called 911 estimated that the car was going 80 miles per hour when it crashed. Officer Wheat said due to the impact, she really did not have a way out. There was a fence line on her driver's side door. And so Officer Wheat worked to bring the driver to safety to help get her out, even though she had severe injuries. Then the other officer began extinguishing the fire. And Officer Wheat said you could clearly see in the body cam footage that she is very happy and just grateful not only for us, but that she was able to actually miraculously walk away, although she was injured but happy to be alive. The officer also said, quote, we never know what we're going to experience in our jobs, me and all of my ship partners. So it was just another day. This job's crazy, and I'm grateful for them every time I put on this uniform. Wow, what a powerful statement. And the Bargersville Police Department put this on their Facebook post, quote, this is a fine example of these officers' commitment and their dedication to keeping the citizens of our community safe and the selflessness with which they serve every single day. Incredibly, the driver has since been released from the hospital And police so far don't have an update on the condition. But again, she is thankful to be alive thanks to the great work of these officers. Bravo to them and, of course, all of our great men and women in blue who do so much to protect us every single day. We're talking about the fact that Harvard now has a resigned president or pushed out president. Your thoughts about why this happened. Was it because of her dismal testimony that was pathetic before Congress where she couldn't describe if it was not a good thing to be shouting genocide against Jews and get rid of all the Jews? It wasn't a trick question, but for some reason it was for this Harvard president. Also the UPenn, and remember MIT were there too. 
Uh, and UPenn, remember, she resigned almost immediately after that testimony. Now Harvard, weeks later, has done the same, although still staying at the school. So was it that? Was it now almost 50 allegations of plagiarism? Was it other things? What was it? And on the way out, in her statement, although she will still be a member of the faculty, she is saying that it was racial animus that played a role. So she doesn't seem, again, to have any self-reflection. And if you listen to this Harvard professor, uh, Ryan Enos on CNN, he doesn't have any reflection either. Listen to this one. What happened to Claudine Gay was mob pressure to force her to resign. So even if what she did was something that should have led to her termination, we never got to that point. We got to the point where people were yelling at her on social media and subjecting her to attacks that she didn't deserve. And rather than having a careful deliberation, which is what we do at a university, we had her subject to a mob to force her resignation. Subject to a mob. I call it moral conscience. I call it to people of good conscience that what she said was so shocking when she testified. And sadly, uh, it's not alone. I mean, there's a lot to look into. There's a lot of university professors because a lot of them uh, were happy with what she said. They thought she was just fine out there. And in fact, all these people remember in Harvard rallied to her defense and said everything that she said was just perfect. Uh, They didn't see a problem with it whatsoever. And there are other schools out there, too, as well. And yet when other people, I think people of conscience stepping back said, wait a minute, this is not how we want young people's minds to be shaped. Uh, Is this a role model for young people? Uh, I say no. I thought it was really disgusting, her testimony and sad, but also a sad testament to what's going on in a lot of Ivy League schools across America and elsewhere. And here is Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Remember, she's the one who grilled her in December in the congressional hearing. And this is what she had to say today when the news broke uh, that President Claudine Gay was, quote, resigning from the presidential post. All three university presidents gave morally bankrupt testimony at the now infamous congressional hearing to a very specific moral question. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate your university's code of conduct? And one after the other, whether it was MIT, Penn, or Harvard, failed to answer that correctly. Instead, bringing up it depends on the context. As you played earlier, it does not depend on the context. And as a Harvard graduate myself, We have seen a failure of leadership from Claudine Gay, a failure of moral leadership, but also a failure of academic integrity, which is a cornerstone of any higher education institution. So I called for her resignation, as I did for all three, because of their abject failure in that congressional testimony and their failure to protect Jewish students. This is long overdue. It should not have taken the Harvard Corporation Board this long to demand her resignation. And I believe, as we continue our congressional investigation, that we will uncover what will be the greatest scandal in higher education, because the Harvard Corporation members themselves are complicit in this cover-up of her plagiarism, and again, most importantly, their failure to protect Jewish students on campus. And she said that those congressional hearings will continue. Take a listen. Here's some more from Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. This congressional investigation is not going to stop because of the resignation of these university presidents. There are deep institutional rots in these 
formerly prestigious universities, whether it's their DEI offices or whether it's their anti-Semitism that we see raging on college campuses. So I think the investigation is going to uncover much, much more. And as you heard a few seconds ago, she also says that Harvard knew about all of these plagiarism allegations well before she was there before Congress. Take a listen, because this is interesting. Take a listen. This accountability would not have happened were it not for that congressional hearing. And I think what it forced was greater scrutiny of her position as the president of Harvard. And you have to remember, she was selected as president of Harvard in a shorter search, you know, executive search, than any other previous president. And they should have found out that there were 50 credible allegations of plagiarism. And the fact that the Harvard Corporation, we now know, knew about that before the congressional hearing and tried to cover it up and threaten media outlets to sue them, is a disgrace. That's very interesting. She says that the Harvard Corporation knew before the testimony and tried to cover it up, and they have evidence saying that. So that is pretty strong stuff. And also strong is a reaction from former Harvard Law School professor, longtime professor, uh, now emeritus there, is Professor Alan Dershowitz. We spoke with him earlier today on Cats and Cosby, and he summed up Claudine Gay departing as president from Harvard this way. Harvard is better off. Universities are better off. The United States and the world is better off. And so uh, with her being gone, and so I'm very glad it resulted in that. That's called good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Uh, let's go to Mike, line one from South Carolina. Uh, Mike, I say what took him so long? What do you say? I say kudos to that, too. What took him so long? And it's amazing. Um, you know, with the first black female president of Harvard, that's nice. Okay. But. 50 times of plagiarism, playing the race card, stop it. Like Adams and the vice president do also stop it. Did not speak about the genocide against Jews shouting demonstrations. And you know what? I, I, I love that. I was watching that congressional hearing on Fox, Rita, okay? And I, I love that uh, terminology. Morally bankrupt testimony. It certainly was. And you know what? And I'm sure she's getting a nice salary to get a position. But you know what? Uh, Mike, there's a report tonight that she may be keeping her salary that's close to $900,000 a year. That is shocking. Shocking. Just shy of a million dollars. Shy. It's not that much shy. Unbelievable what goes on, you know. And, hey, you know what? Exit, like I said, a Dominic Carter show is aces. Exit stage left. You should have left weeks ago. Don't let the door, like she said, hit you on the tookus on the way out. Exit stage left. Yeah. Enough is enough. And stop with stop with the race cards, please. Yeah, I hate with that. I agree with you, Mike. That whole like her playing the race card on the way out is like it's because I'm black, um, and I'm getting all these horrible. You know, people are are angry at me because I'm African American. No. Uh, people were angry because they first thought her answer before Congress that the whole world saw was just reprehensible. And second of all, all these other allegations that followed, and especially when her standard 
is that she has gotten rid of other students. Apparently, she has been very hardcore on other students, and there's reports that she's even been hardcore on other African-American professors, different professors of all kinds, all colors and creeds. But she's put a pretty high standard on others, and yet doesn't seem to have any standard on herself. And when it comes to her, it's woe is me. Uh, I mean, again, I thought her testimony alone just spoke volumes. And the fact that so many teachers and faculty members, others came to her defense, uh, that was shocking, too. I thought, oh, boy, there's a big problem there. It's not just from the top. Uh, There's a big problem there. Let's go to Andrew, line five. Andrew, uh, your thoughts about uh, good riddance. Uh, Fare thee well, uh, Claudine Gay. I just want to say the irony when she's talking about race and racism, apparently one of the biggest persons that she plagiarized from was this real nice African-American woman. So she stole from another black person. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Carol Swain. Carol Swain. Exactly. Right. And it doesn't surprise me. It's sickening that their people are supporting her. But in Columbia University, also where Obama attended, they hired a professor that aided and abetted in the murder of, I think, eight New York City police officers with the uh, Black Panthers. Remember that like 10 years ago? And she tricked the cops to come over that there was a problem. And then they unloaded and shot the police, like 12 of them and eight of them died. And they hired her as a professor. Uh, Bill Ayers. He oh, was yeah, that, yeah that's wife. right. That's right. That was the woman who was in uh, like in New York. I think she's still there. It's part of the weather underground. Right. Yeah, I couldn't believe. Right. Like that's who you're going to put in. I'm, by the way, Andrew, I'm so glad you were reminding me of that because I remember uh, talking about that when they hired her as as a professor that I think I can, it was one of the one of the schools in New York City. And I couldn't believe that Columbia they had, yeah, Columbia, Columbia, exactly. You're right, exactly. I mean, I mean, here's somebody who you know uh, was convicted, served time. Oh, let's hire that person to teach America's young. I mean, it's like uh, you're right. Uh, it's like uh, you can't. It's like if you could pick the worst person to be influencing uh, young minds. Uh, the only good news is when you hear that, it makes Claudine Gay lo- look not so bad, right? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's it's sickening, but, you know, at least she's out of there. But my sister didn't believe it when I was telling her about Columbia. And there, she was like, but it's a big prestigious. I, and I said, no, that her weather, weather underground ties makes her somehow prestigious, prestigious to them. And even President Obama said when he went there, when he would pretend to be radical, that the other students liked him more. You know, so he wasn't really into the communist stuff, but when he went along with it, he well, was well, elevated guess what? in the I eyes. think he went along with it uh, uh, for uh, eight years in White House, too, as well. So, boy, did he go along with that one. Wow. <laughs> uh, Andrew, thank you. What an interesting call. Always great to hear from you. We'll continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9223. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And 
Coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we'll continue talking about the Harvard president resigning and claiming she's being forced out because of racial attacks. Also, Mayor Eric Adams calling Governor Abbott of Texas a bully for sending the migrants. How about that wide open southern border? Could that be playing a role? And also, Iran and Hamas very angry tonight that, uh, according to reports, Israel took out the number two guy in Hamas in the terrorist group, and they took him out as he was in a car uh, near a building there in Beirut, Lebanon. And there is lots of reaction tonight uh, coming as to whether this may start to escalate things in the war. Uh, Pretty amazing, though. Apparently, they took out him and others in the Hamas group, uh, a pinpoint strike, and not getting anybody else in the area in a pretty busy urban area. Uh, Should every Hamas leader be looking over his shoulders tonight, clearly, after this attack, and what kind of retaliation could America and could Israel and Israel's allies see in the coming days and hours as Hamas is saying that was a war crime. You can't make this one up. They say it was a war crime that Israel reportedly took out the Hamas leader, again, who played a role in the reprehensible October 7th attack where 1,200 Israelis were killed and so many others injured. That wasn't a war crime in Hamas's mind, uh, but Israel taking out one of the leaders of that That's a war crime, and that's a terrorist action. Uh, Boy, the ideology is all over the place tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan, line three. Uh, Stan, your thoughts about uh, the president of Harvard? I first want to say, wanted dead or alive, Israel's doing the job, let me tell you. I love it, don't you, Stan? When I I heard it, I said, bravo! Pinpoint shooting, my yes. God, that's even more on that. Not hurting. That's called. They must have known where they were. Or they saw them. Good for them. Keep it up. Get the job done. Now, as far as the president, I got news for you. She ain't going anywhere. You're she's talking. Staying. You're talking about uh, of Harvard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah and, she's and staying. Biden too, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, no, but she, she's not going she, anywhere. What are you talking about, Kamala? In that case? No, no, no. She's not. No, no. She's not. This Please, by the way, Stan, don't give us a heart contract. attack. <laughs> uh, she's got an ironclad contract, eight hundred thousand. She's going back to teaching, but she ain't going anywhere. And of course, the big thing was. It wasn't about the anti-Semitism or what she said. She would have survived it. I'm telling you, she would have survived it and it would have blown over over a long period of time. It was the plagiarism of an African-American pre- uh, professor who wrote stuff. And that's what did her in. It was they were they you're right. I think they did know about it. Well, and, but then and they said what, you gotta go. You and gotta that's go. what Elise Stefanik says. Now here's yeah, it here, had nothing to do with the anti-Semitism. I mean, well, yeah. Well, I think it was probably a combination. I yeah, think but that, you know that put the cringe in it. That really ended it. I yeah, think. I'm sure it added to it. Yeah. But 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 Stan, if yeah. they knew it, I think if you and again, I don't least, know if they did. Did well, they know? I well, don't this know. This is what Elise Stefanik says. We'll, well see. Well, look, I'll that's go why. With that's yeah. why. Hang on, hang on. We'll see right, where it sure, goes. Sure. But she says that you know. Um, she says, listen, uh, that Harvard knew of it before the testimony and tried to cover it up. So if that is indeed the case, 
Um, maybe they weren't upset about the plagiarism. Maybe they were upset that the plagiarism was revealed. That's a different deal. You know, maybe they didn't like the negative press after the the plagiarism, yeah. along with the negative press after the hearing. I mean, who knows? The, the way you hear a number of the faculty member, the yeah. way they rallied around her, yeah. uh, I think it was a pylon of a lot of things. But Could I don't. Be. But but it may not have been uh, the testimony, and it may not have been the plagiarism. It may have been the coverage. They maybe didn't expect the backlash. And and how sad is that? That the initial reaction was to rally around her and support her. It's even more interesting. Not one iota of hearing from any African American leader. On this, I haven't heard anybody say anything, even good or neck, nothing. Even Sharpton has kept his mouth shut. I haven't heard him. Yes, so you're right. You're right. You're right. I have seen commentators, like I saw some on CNN tonight. There was one guy who said uh, it's because of her being African American, her race, that this is happening to her. You heard uh, this Harvard professor here, uh, Ryan Enos. Uh, I don't know if he's African American or not, but he's a professor there, and he said. Uh, it was a uh, mob pressure, but you're right. Where, where through all of this, you, you know, it's an interesting point, Stan. I'm. I also want to go back and see what has Sharpton and some of these other African American leaders. What have they said throughout this process? And what are they saying tonight? Anything. I haven't seen it. If it has, it hasn't been I, remarkable. They you know? haven't said anything, Rita. I don't think they haven't heard anybody in that's, the last couple of weeks at all. That's a great From point. Both sides, nothing. No African, even in Congress, nothing. I think they've been watching it, or maybe they'll say something now. But it's somewhat interesting that no, you've heard nothing. Yeah. That's a great point. We're going to have to go back and check that out. Stan, thank you very much. Always good to hear from you. Uh, let's go to Ken, line one. Uh, Ken, your reaction to her departing as president? Well, um, I just want to ask you a question because uh, whether she's in office or whether she resigns, I mean, do you really think it has uh, an effect on, on the protests? Probably, probably not. But but what what it might do? Well, it may have Harvard clamp them down a bit because the university is not going to want to be back on the spotlight again on this issue. Um, so they may be forced to try to somehow wrangle it in and and try to find some reasons. Which, by the way, a lot of people could. Uh, you can find disrupting the peace or hate speech. There's a lot of ways that they could have been reining them in. So they might try to do something just for the appearance because. They probably don't want uh, the appearance of being the place that protests came right back again. Uh, But I also think that there's going to be, there's already tonight, calls that there are protests on her behalf. There are people saying there should be protests that she was forced to resign. So you may see dueling protests out there, Ken, uh, which, boy, would that be a wild moment, too. We're going to continue more after the break, everybody.